Well, and welcome to this episode of Classical Dialogues. I'm Dr. David Stanton, the headmaster of Oakdale Academy in Waterford, Michigan. And on this episode, as we continue to have a dialogue about classical Christian education and classical education in whole, we are pleased to welcome a friend of ours from Hillsdale College, Dr. David Diener. Dr. Diener is an assistant professor of education and has served, as you will soon hear, in a variety of roles in the classical Christian world, brings a wealth of understanding, knowledge, and just wonderful work uh, in writing and publishing to the classical Christian world and to our understanding of it. We hope it will be edifying for you to listen to our conversation, our dialogue with Dr. David Diener. Um, before we jump in, so... Hmm. Well, thanks again, everyone, for joining this, uh, this video podcast, Classical Dialogues. And again, we are pleased to have Dr. David Diener. Uh, Dr. Diener is an assistant professor of education at Hillsdale College and comes with uh, years and years of experience in classical education, has been a good friend to Hillsdale, uh, a good friend to Oakdale as well, and certainly a, a good friend to me uh, as we have uh, continued to connect over the years. So, uh, Dave, thanks for, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I always like to start in the classical dialogues by just if you could give us a, a little bit of your story, your journey up to now where, where you serve as a professor at Hillsdale and uh, how, you, how you came to know about classical education and kind of how, how you went through all the different roles that you've held. Sure. So uh, I, I became first involved with classical education. I've been involved with education since I was born, really. My parents were both teachers and I never really thought about becoming a teacher uh, studied philosophy and ancient languages in undergrad. And uh, and then my wife and I lived in Bogota, Colombia as missionaries in South America. And I taught at a Christian international school there in Bogota and fell in love with it. I love teaching. I want to do this, but I have no credentials uh, unless I'm on the mission field to teach right. at any level. So went back to the U.S., came back for graduate school and uh, did work in philosophy of education and uh, philosophy, so a dual page PhD in those two, and then uh, kind of assumed I would be a, a professor at a Christian liberal arts college somewhere. And while I was in graduate school, really through my wife initially, and we had small children at the time, and we're doing some homeschool preschool stuff, and she uh, became acquainted with classical education and said, "I think you really need to look at some of this. It's very." It's very interesting. I think they're doing a lot right. So we started classically educating our own children. And I, through a series of connections, I was able to become very involved speaking and writing and, and helping to lead in a variety of different organizations. And so then I ended up uh, turning down a, a college job, actually, to, to go and work in a classical Christian school uh, as a head of upper school. So I worked there and then became a headmaster and was headmaster of two, two classical Christian schools. And now I guess have come full circle and uh, and am uh, teaching full time again. Uh, we have a master's program and a and an undergraduate program in classical education here at Hillsdale College. Yeah, and it, I, I always remember that part down in, in Columbia where where you really you've shared before how how that really shaped um, shaped your journey through education. So yeah. uh, exciting for people to hear about. Um, you know, as we've looked in particular the last few years, I mean, most people will date it three just just with everything that happened in the last three years, but you know, classical education, classical Christian education is, is kind of exploded recently. And so as that, um, as that happens, what would you say uh, at your vantage point at Hillsdale and with other 
work that you do is the largest opportunity for classical education right now. Yeah, well, you're exactly right. It it has exploded and uh, we're seeing that all across the country. So I think it's a huge opportunity because it's becoming more mainstream and it's getting larger recognition. And look, the parent dissatisfaction with the status quo is increasing. That happened through COVID and, and since then, especially even before then. But in the last couple of years, especially uh, nationally, parents' desire to educate their children differently is growing. And at the and at the same time, classical education is growing in terms of its its market presence and in terms of uh, the number of people who know about it. So I think it's a huge opportunity in the current context. I mean, I'm on the board uh, of academic advisors for CLT, the classic learning test, and, and on the board for the Society for Classical Learning. Uh, and in both of those contexts, uh, we're just seeing incredibly, uh, you know, in exponential interest growth. Yeah. And that's, that's the exciting part, but also uh, the double-edged sword is with the growth of so many schools and certainly homeschool uh, movement. I mean, I've seen upwards of 2 million people have left government schools in the last couple of years. Um, you mentioned the, the master's program at, at Hillsdale and, and Society for Classical Learning. Um, what's some of the, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing from, from that program or from SCL about how to, how to help schools and leaders grow in their knowledge, not only of classical, but of actually running a school? It, that's a fantastic question. And the biggest challenge, so so interestingly, the opportunity uh, and, and the challenge go hand in hand, as they often do. Right. Uh, the opportunity is there's all this growth, there's greater awareness, people are, are, are flocking to classical schools, but both both classical Christian schools and on the, the public charter side as well. That's that that sector is growing incredibly quickly. The the biggest challenge is qualified leadership and qualified teachers. That's the challenge. Uh, th there are not enough qualified administrators to, to run these schools, and there are not qu enough qualified teachers to teach them. And so everybody acro across the country is scrambling to develop training programs and, and create pipelines and find connections to people who are interested in, and qualified to teach. Yeah. And, and specific to, to Hillsdale, um, the the master's program there how how are you all working to help with that you know that that very growing need of of training up new leaders right so for many years we've had an undergraduate program so just very quickly on that first and then I'll go back to the graduate school uh annually uh, between 12 and 14% of all Hillsdale college graduates go into teaching that's an incredible percentage yes, especially yes. if you consider that we don't actually have an education major. So right. our classical education program is a minor for the undergraduates. They they graduate, uh, you know, at, with a with a with a with a bachelor's degree in history or philosophy or math or chemistry or arts, whatever it is. And then we have this classical education program that they can take as part of their uh, studies that prepares them to be, uh, you know, to go out into the world of teaching. So we launched the master's program in twenty twenty two. As a, as a natural outgrowth of this. And part of that program is geared toward administrators and toward teachers. So it's not exclusively for administrators, nor is it exclusively exclusively for teachers. It's a, it's a master's level program in classical education. And then depending on students' past experience and their interests, they can take a, a different tracks or different sets of courses to prepare them better for 
one aspect of, of working in classical schools or another. So we had our first cohort cohort in 2022, 2023, and then the second cohort, 23, 24, and it's growing very quickly. We're going to expand it also. Uh, this program is a two-year in-person program, so the students are residential on campus here every day. And then in the future, we plan to expand it to offer it as a hybrid program also so that people who are working in schools around the country can benefit from it uh, and not have to move here for two years. But this two-year residential program will definitely continue and is really the backbone of the master's program. Yeah, and it's, I mean, having met some of the grad school students, they are definitely uh, going to do some great stuff as they, many of them go back into uh, either classrooms or, or move into leadership. Right. Um, because a lot of them had some some great experiences around the country. Right. Um, can you talk to us a little bit uh, about then your work with SCL, with the Society for Classical Learning? We, we talked with Eric Cook uh, some time ago in the Good Soil Report and some of the things, but um, I've always found in my work with uh, attending workshops and cohorts with SCL is it's it's um, it's a, a mixture of the philosophical and the practical to really train leaders. And what, what's on what's on board as um, as somebody who's in the leadership there at SCL? Yeah, it's a great question. So SCL is continuing to expand. You, you mentioned Eric Cook. Uh, we were we were able to bring him on board full time. Uh, he was he was serving as the executive leader of SCL uh, while he was also a head of school in in uh, in Texas. So last summer, the summer of 22, 2022, he came on board full time. And we we as SCL really recognize, I mean, our goal is to serve classical classical education. And so we've recognized that leadership development is one of the fundamental, most impactful ways uh, that we can do that. And so we have initiatives working on, on school leadership, but we also continue to do teacher training, uh, the, the conference, some regional conferences, in addition to the annual, you know, big summer conference. Uh, we've created uh, workshops and cohorts to help people uh, to grow in their specific area. So maybe you're an academic dean or you're a college counselor or things like that. And so we really are trying to bring together the worlds of the, the the theoretical, the history and philosophy. There are a lot of people in classical education who love those ideas, who actually know something about the history of education mm -hmm. and realize that this isn't some weird experiment. This is the standard paradigm of education, you know, for thousands of years. So we, we want to support that, the intellectual work uh, of, of the history and philosophy and the ideas. And then also the really practical stuff, everything from board governance and and consulting with boards and with schools uh, to what it means to be a, a fourth grade teacher or a eighth grade teacher or what it means to be an athletic director and those kind of things. So so we're trying to offer uh, a kind of cornucopia of services that are all aligned with our with our vision and our strategic goals, uh, whether it be you know the conferences, the trainings, the workshops, the cohorts, consulting, et cetera, to really help schools thrive. Yeah, and I'd, I'd put in a personal plug for not only the cohorts, the summer workshops to anyone who's interested in just learning more to hop in on the SEL website, uh, some great resources, great articles by, by folks down there. But, but kind of to that end, Dave, um, you know, some of the people who listen to this or watch the, the, the video podcasts will be perhaps on the periphery. They might have heard of classical education. They might know of traditional Christian education or parochial education. You, you've been involved in any number of levels that you shared. 
what's kind of your elevator pitch uh, for a family who might be on the fence? Uh, I'm not sure Latin is so impractical. Why would I ever have my kids study Latin or read things that pagans read when I'm trying to get them to go to church only on Sunday? You know, what, what's your pitch to a, to a family that's, that's thinking about this? Why, why is this the best way to go about education? Yeah, so that's it's a great question. I would begin with by asking a question. And my question is, what are your goals for your child? Um, what do you want your child to be in 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, 80 years, right? What are your goals? And what I've found is that typically parents respond to that, not by saying something like, I want my child to be rich or have a great job or, you know, have a white picket fence. Right. They, they yeah. typically talk about their character, the kind of person they want them to be, right. uh, you know, what they hope they're like as a mom or a dad, grandma, grandpa, serving their church, their community, those kind of things. And so I think as parents, when, when hopefully when we really ask ourselves, what do I want for my child? Those are the kinds of answers that we give. So, so then the question is, okay, well, what approach to education is best going to facilitate the realization of those goals? And my challenge would be to, to look at classical Christian education, uh, to look at, you know, what does Oakdale say its goals are for its graduates and see if that aligns with, with a parent's vision. If you want your child to turn into a, you know, a good secular humanist, there are lots of schools that will do that. Yeah. If you want your child to learn a bunch of Bible verses and, and but not really learn how to think that deeply or clearly about important intellectual questions, there are schools that will do that. I mean, in yeah. other words, every kind of school has a kind of goal of the kind of student it's trying to produce or the kind of trajectory it's setting them on for life. And so to me, what is so compelling about classical Christian education is that it is a vision of education that is directed explicitly toward the cultivation of a certain kind of person, toward a person who's equipped to live well, to a person who's equipped to be wise and virtuous in all aspects of their life, and to bring glory to God. This is really an eternal project. And, and, and so historically, this is, not, like I mentioned, this is not a weird experiment. Historically, let's say throughout the 2000 plus years of Christendom, the vast majority of Christian parents have educated their children in a what we would today call classical approach. Um, and, and the biggest contrast to, to differentiate it from other approaches has to do with its goals, right? What are, what are the goals of, of our contemporary public school education? What are the goals uh, of other kinds of schools? So I start with that, what, you know, what are your goals and how do the goals of classical Christian education uh, align with those? It's great because that, that those are the questions parents are asking as they see what's really going on. You just have always gone to the neighborhood school and now they're, they're actually investigating what's really being taught and the way that it's being taught, even subversively. Um, right. they're, they're realizing what's going on. So it was great. It, last question um, that I always try and ask people and more out of uh, curiosity, perhaps selfishly for me than, uh, than for our listeners, but hopefully a benefit to them. Uh, some books that you have recently read or some books that you're reading for, for your own edification. Oh my. Uh... I'm guessing well, for you, the stack is pretty high. I, 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 so I love reading. I mean, I guess as a professor, I sort of have to do it for my job, but, but I personally have always just loved reading. So I, I don't, I, I have to think here. I, I read pretty widely, uh, honestly. So uh, I, you know, I'm a philosopher of education, you know, that's my professional uh, field, but, but I read, so I read philosophy of education, 
Um, I love great fiction. So, I, I, you know, for example, this this summer, I went back and read back through uh, Dorothy Sayers, uh, Lord Peter Whimsey novels. She has this wonderful collection of detective uh, stories about Peter Whimsey. Um, I'm, I'm reading some stuff on leadership currently. So uh, a couple of books about um, executive leadership and uh, thinking about the relationship between the liberal arts and uh, and, and executive leadership development. Um, try to read devotional things. So uh, what's something I've uh, read recently? Um, re reading devotional books. Uh, so it's it's really a kind of a mixture. I read all over all over the map. If you want specifics, I can give you specifics. But I, my my only advice to people would be uh, there's there's an almost infinite number of great books you could read. So right. pick a good one and read it. And the That's great so thing ahead. about reading is you'll grow as a human being. <laughs> it's a delightful activity. And you'll almost never run out of materials. <laughs> okay. uh, so that's great. No, that's fantastic. So, well, as we close out, I uh, just want to express our thanks from all of us here at Oakdale, Dr. Diener, for, for joining us and just for your support over the years, training you've done here uh, for our staff and just the continued work you do at SCL and at Hillsdale College. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Blessings to you and your work.